step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Following is a paid program, sponsored by the veterinarians at Stack Veterinary Hospital. Welcome to Paw Talk. For questions about your dog, cat, or other pet, the vets at Stack Veterinary Hospital are in, and they're here to help. Call the show at 315-421-9797, 421-WSYR. Now, it's Paw Talk on News Radio 570 WSYR, now on 106.9 FM. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy. I'm here with one of my colleagues, uh, Sally Van Ostrand, who has recently taken over our hospice uh, management and uh, palliative care and grief support uh, program at our hospital. Um, it's been very, very successful, and I kind of wanted to share all of you, you know, with all of you what uh, she's been doing and what her role is and uh, kind of the things that you need to know about pet loss, because if you're listening to this program, it means you most likely have a pet. And unfortunately, that means that at some point you're going to deal with this process. So uh, welcome, Sally. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Sally has been with our hospital since 2004, um, and she's had uh, many roles. But again, recently we've started with our pet loss support group and our hospice uh, management uh, discussions. Um, So Sally, first of all, can you briefly explain kind of what in your role you offer the pet community? Absolutely. So pets and their families have been a passion of mine since I started in the veterinary field over 20 years ago. And I really hope to help facilitate the needs of the families that have a pet at home that may be nearing the end of life stages. My goal is to keep families informed of different characteristics at the end of the life stages for their pet and also to help support their pet's emotional and social needs and help communicate any medical concerns to the patient's veterinarian. End of life care for your pet can get complicated and my hope is to make things as comfortable as possible for the pet while offering the family continued education and support. It's really nice because she's able to offer kind of a very specific um, interaction with your with you and your family. You know, we can really tailor these things because everybody's so different. Um, so, uh, you know, having you on board has been really helpful for for our clients specifically to to tailor their end of life needs to that that family and to that pet. Uh, what made you interested in this line of work? I simply wanted to do more for the families going through this difficult process. It can be overwhelming and heartbreaking at the same time. And my colleagues and I have had several meaningful relationships with families and their pets. And when a pet passes, we as veterinary professionals experience grief for the loss of the pet and also, you know, can understand the anguish of the family that that, what, what the family is going through. And it has helped to offer more and offer a connection that is not necessarily medically based And in this way, we can be there for the families that may be having a hard time accepting the process their pet is going through or has gone through. That's, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's such a difficult process and, and having, uh, and people are so overwhelmed and, and certainly as a veterinarian, you know, we're, we're so focused on, on the medicine aspect. It's really, it's really nice to have some support, uh, for the emotional aspect. And that way we don't necessarily leave it behind when, when we're dealing with these complicated situations, because as much as of a superhero as we want to be, um, sometimes we can't be there for, for everything. So, you know, it, you really need a complex network of support, even, even as a doctor. Um, so what is, you know, for people who may not know, um, what is hospice and palliative care? Like, what does that entail? Okay, so the American Animal Hospital Association describes hospice and palliative care as the events surrounding a pet's end of life. These events are as important and meaningful as the sum of all the care provided during the lifetime of that pet. Animal hospice care seeks to maximize patient comfort while minimizing suffering by using a collaborative and supportive approach with the caregiver. Yeah, so hospice care, I mean, in my interpretation medically of that is where we're dealing with this in a situation when, um, the pet is in, has been diagnosed with a disease, potentially life threatening, um, that is, it puts a finite limit, um, within the next, is there a period of time that's associated with hospice care or is it just in general? So hospice is usually more limited to like no more than three months where palliative care can actually start, you know, a pet can go several years. Well, being in palliative care. 
Okay. Yeah. Great. That's a, that's a good distinction. So, you know, in general, so palliative care potentially would be more, um, you know, an older dog with arthritis, for example, where, uh, they are dealing with something for a little bit longer, a cat with kidney disease. Um, whereas hospice care is usually, you know, terminal cancer, um, you know, uh, disc disease in a dog, uh, back problems where they can't walk around as much, something that's, that's much more limiting. Although I suppose the disc disease could be put into the palliative care moment if, if they're bright enough. Um, okay, so you know that's the definition time-wise, uh, emotion-wise. What suggestions do you have for someone facing something palliative or facing hospice care with their pet? So establish, establishing support can really make a difference, and hopefully the family has already established a good veterinary good relationship with a veterinarian um, that is actively involved in their pet's medical needs. And support outside of the veterinarian is also helpful. Some people may need to have a sitter come in while their families are at work to increase the amount of times this pet is allowed to go outside to use the bathroom or to help keep the pet's hygiene up during the day or even administer daytime medications. There also tends to be a lack of focus on the family's needs at this time. All too often we run ourselves ragged and rarely consider consider our own well-being. So emotional support of the family is just as important as the care that is being offered to the pet. So consider that when we are taking care of the pet in the end-of-life stages, we can't pour from an empty cup. So we need to make sure that each affected family member has a suitable outlet. I have seen great success with family members or friends as strong emotional support systems, professionals such as myself that actively help in situations like this, and in some cases, professional counseling would absolutely be beneficial. Yeah, so that, that support group, establishing that support group, and, and, and I think that is a really good kind of triangle of, of, of professionals that you want involved or people that you want involved, I guess. You know, your veterinarian is there to make sure that the medical decisions that you're making are appropriate, um, and to help guide you through, you know, what are the medical options. Um, you have your friends and your family, um, pet sitters who are there to kind of offer to do things when you maybe can't do them. Um, and then you potentially have a professional like Sally or, or or even a, a more personal professional um, to kind of help you on your end of on of the rope. Essentially, you know, you you need to think about yourself in these situations. Too often, I've had clients um, who are you know agonizing over making a decision for their pet, and and they're driving themselves crazy. They're making their schedule completely um, impossible to sustain. Um, and that stress level, I mean, that's part of your your pet's life is your stress level. And anyone who's had a pet knows that that stress level is incredibly important to your pet's well-being and to your pet um, being calm and, and rested. And so if you're upset and unhappy and stressed out all the time, your pet's going to feel that way too. So don't think about, you know, you being the only person who's who's able to do things for your pet um, as being the only way out. Um, and I think um, Sally's been very helpful with some of our clients kind of navigating that water because what's easy for one client may not be easy uh, for another client. Um, what are some of the more um, interesting uh, methods of dealing with hospice and palliative care that you've seen through your work um, so far? So I have seen people, um, you know, really just doing everything that they possibly can. Um, and one of the more interesting things that I've seen is that I really have seen when people start to take take a moment to think about their well-being, that they actually are able to provide more and do more for their pet in a more productive way. So other things is having like a webcam up at home to really kind of keep track of how the pet's doing while, you know, we, when we're at work. Um, and just some people with the, you know, basic hygiene stuff, having somebody come in to make sure that if they have, like if their pet is on puppy pads and they can't necessarily, you know, they get up or they can't get up and they have an accident, to have that person there to kind of change things out or going to your groomer and having sanitary trims done or just kind of keeping up on hygiene and well-being in that respect. I've seen um, people have a lot of success and really see a difference in their pet. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we, we should kind of keep in mind is when we deal with hospice and palliative care in humans, there are dedicated centers that have professionals that are, are licensed and paid to help in those situations. And when you're, when you're with your own pet, um, certainly there are people you can pay to come in. Um, but if, I feel like too many people feel alone and that they have to do all of those things. You have to be reasonable. You have to be able to pay attention to what you are able to safely provide. Um, and certainly professionals like Sally 
Kelly are here to help you think outside the box if we're able to. Um, but I also I think that people should remember that you know sometimes we are limited, and that's one of the factors in quality of life to to pay attention to. Um, I I don't want my pe- my uh, owners having to wake up every two hours and not get any sleep for six months just because it it helps their pet you know stay stay with us uh, because you know it, it really isn't great for your pet either to to have that kind of stress. Anything to add to that, or is that sound like it kind of sums everything up fairly well? I mean, yes, absolutely. And just really knowing that, you know, you're not alone and taking care of yourself is a really important thing to do during this time. Um, And I, you know, I think you said it beautifully. I couldn't agree more. Perfect. So, um, you know, we... Of just like all of our other shows, we do have to take some commercial breaks. Um, but I'm here with Sally Van Ostrand, who is our hospice manager. Um, and this is Paw Talk with Stack Vet Hospital. Uh, we're not taking live calls today, uh, but we will be back after a short break to talk more about this important topic of pet loss, grief, and, and hospice and palliative care. Thanks for listening. 570 WSYR. Hello, Syracuse. Dave Anthony here for Romano Chrysler Jeep, where the Black Friday sales event is going on all month long. Come take an incredible seven grand off a brand new 2019 Jeep Cherokee Limited 4x4. Its stickers for 35.3 take 7,000 off. It's only 28.3. Prefer to lease? It's just 189 a month. And this 2019 Cherokee is loaded with leather interior, heated front seats, and steering wheel. A powerful yet fuel efficient V6 engine, Bluetooth, plus Apple or Android CarPlay. It even gets 31 miles to the gallon highway. So, take seven grand off the 2019 Cherokee Limited 4x4. It's just 28.3. Or lease it for only $189 a month. Must finance with Chrysler Capital. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year. 25 cents excess mileage fee. 5,500 down includes tax and fees. Romano Chrysler Jeep Route 5 in Fayetteville. Shop 24-7 at RomanoCars.com Onondaga Hill Pet Boarding Associated with Stack Veterinary Hospital is a full-service boarding facility. During the day, there is a doctor on call in case of an emergency. Onondaga Hill Pet Boarding also offers personalized feeding schedules, cozy beds, medication administration, individual walks in their fenced-in yard, and picture updates. Onondaga Hill Pet Boarding can pamper your pet while you're away, including nail trims and baths. To schedule your pet's reservation, call 315 375- Four seven eight three one six one, or visit ononpetboarding.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. Ever wanted to speak another language? Babbel can get you confidently speaking Spanish, French, or German within weeks. I just started learning Spanish with Babbel, and it's really helping my pronunciation. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Haha, <laughs> I got it. I wish I had tried Babbel sooner. See why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language. You can try Babbel for free. Download the app or text BEGIN to 484848. Text B-E-G-I-N to 484848 to try Babbel for free. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. It's very meaningful to me when I hear customers talk about how Madison Reed at-home hair color has changed their lives. Here's Vicki, one of our very first customers. Coloring my own hair is easier than I ever imagined. The best part? I no longer have to sit in a salon and pay over $100 to have this done. Now I color it when it's convenient for me, and it takes less than an hour. People compliment me on how great my color is, and my hair is incredibly soft and healthy-looking. Experience beautiful, multi-dimensional, ammonia-free, salon-quality color for under $25. Join the hundreds of thousands. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at Madison-Reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code TRUST. That's code TRUST. Try it. 
Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. Wow, that is some bling you have going on, my friend. Thanks. I'm obsessed, and I love that it's unique, so it really stands out. Where do you find rare pieces like that? DazzleMe.com. It's a great new consignment jewelry site. Consignment? Yeah, I'd say more like consignment reimagined. Tons of amazingly unique pieces. They've actually had stores for 25 years, and now it's all online. DazzleMe.com is your secret? Who knew? And it's consignment? Yes, so the inventory is updated all the time, all different styles. There's even free shipping, and you can contact their jeweler directly with any questions. Love a good find. I'll have to check out DazzleMe.com. The one you've been waiting for is here. The all-new 2019 Forester at Romano Subaru. 570 WSYR. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy, and I have a special interview today with our hospice manager, uh, Sally Van Ostrand. She's here to talk about pet loss, grief, hospice care, and uh, kind of what that involves and, and what we're offering at our clinic now um, and in support of, of that, just because every client that we have eventually, unfortunately, has to go through uh, this process. Um, I think it's uh, important to be open and to talk about it um, and realize that, you know, people People, I think the main fact from the segment before, people, you guys are not alone. Um, there are support groups. There is, uh, there are things that you can do when you're facing this decision. Um, so, you know, obviously hospice palliative care, uh, it works for a while. Um, it's very helpful. There are a lot of interesting things that we can do and a lot of thinking outside the box that we can do. But eventually we do end up having to make a decision for our pets or our pets may pass um, at home um, under under hospice therapy. Um, and then we deal with what comes afterwards. And obviously the main thing that we deal with at that point is, is the emotion of grief. Um, and uh, what, what suggestions do you have, Sally, for someone who's experienced Experiencing grief over the loss of their pet. So just like you said, I can't express this enough. It's so important to know that you are not alone. Um, and I would really want to, you know, drive home that that's just really important. I spend my day really talking to a lot of different people, all that are suffering with the grief and loss of their pet. Um, so out of those multiple people that I've talked to, um, they are, you know, people who are just having trouble recovering from the loss of their beloved pet. And the amount of time that they face or struggle with this can go from weeks to years. And a pet loss support group meeting has can really help um, peers relate to each other and they can bond over the process that they are going through together. I've also seen people use memorials or funerals um, that have been beneficial in their healing process. As hard as it is to face, it's never a good idea to suppress the feelings you may be having over your loss. It is a healthy process to go through and just be patient with yourself. Um, it is profound and a difficult process and just know that we all grieve differently. Family and friends can also help support the family members going through this difficult time. And if you have a family member or a friend going through the loss of their pet, help them by being there and letting them process and go through this journey at their own pace. To wrap up my suggestions for someone going through grief over the loss of a pet, I would say listen, be patient, be present, and suggest a pet loss support group meeting. And refer them to seek a professional if it's warranted. Yeah, I, I think that it's really interesting as a veterinary professional, you know, death is unfortunately something that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, most people would say, oh, that must be the hardest part of your job. And it's like, well, I mean... It's not always the hardest part of my job because in some of these cases, you know, these pets have lived, most of these cases, actually, the vast majority of these cases, um, these pets have lived a long and happy life. They are well loved by their family and they present to me for euthanasia or for hospice care because their family loves them and because their family wants the best for them. So, you know, euthanasia in itself, I guess I have a slightly different view than a lot of people, um, but I think a lot of veterinary professionals will agree with me that that, that isn't the hard part. Um, the hard part is, is helping people through their grief afterwards um, and and helping them make the decisions that are, are right for them. And so it's been really helpful um, having Sally on board to to, to help us with that process. Um, we do actually have a pet loss support group um, at our at our hospital now that been, Sally's been running on a monthly basis. Um, and I think it's been quite successful. Do you have any thoughts on that? And Yes, I love the pet loss support group. Um, we've just found that, you know, peers getting together and discussing the process that they're going through and all experiences are different and they can just kind of come together, give each other the support that they need and really talk it out. There are some people that can't and I still feel like they benefit from listening to, you know, all these brave individuals that can sit in a room and talk about one of the toughest things they've ever gone through. Um, I'm just I'm really passionate about the pet loss support group meeting. It's been wonderful. 
Yeah, I'm going to harp on it a lot this uh, for this hour just because I, I do think it's been helping a lot of people. And people, you know, it is open, just so you know, it is open to anybody. You do not have to be clients of ours um, to join. If you are in need, please uh, give us a call, 315-478-3161, um, and we can get you more information about when the next uh, the next group is. We'll get a little bit more into um, what the Pet Loss Support Group uh, involves uh, later on in our program today. Um, what would you advise to a friend or family member not to say to an individual going through pet loss? So if you've never faced the loss of a beloved pet, I would just advise staying away from and not saying things like it was just a dog, it was just a cat, you can get over it, just things like that. Um, They're not only incredibly painful to hear, um, they're also showing someone that you truly aren't trying to understand their grief. And quite frankly, our pets are far more than just a dog or just a cat. They are constant, faithful companions that most of us treat as members of the family, and their loss is just that profound. Yeah, and that's not restricted to dogs and cats as well. I mean, at Stack Veterinary Hospital, we predominantly deal with with dogs and cats, but um, some of our longer-lived animals, our horses, our our birds, um, our our squirrels, and our small mammals um, can be just as emotionally important um, to a person. And and you should never go into it assuming that everyone feels. You know, there are some people out there that feel that a pet is a pet, and that's totally okay. Um, but you can't assume that everyone is going to be feeling that way. So just making sure that you tread cautiously. On that, you know, if they are experiencing grief as if it is a gr- the grief for a family member, which I know that that's how it felt for me, um, then you need to treat them as a family member um, and be as supportive as you can in that situation. Um, what do you suggestions do you have for the population that may be trying to comfort a friend or a loved one? You know, what can they say instead? Um, so mostly just being there for them. Um, it could be something as simple as listen, listening to them on the phone or taking them out of the house to do something that they would normally enjoy um, or refer them to a professional to ha- you know get help if they need like a professional grief counselor, then absolutely that would be something beneficial for them to seek out. And I mean, I just can't stress it enough just being there for them and, you know, Maybe maybe you wouldn't be able to completely understand the grief that they're going through, but letting them process everything on their own and just knowing that they have your support. Yeah, I, I mean, and and be available for them in, in other situations, you know, take them out to dinner. Don't talk to them about uh, things necessarily. If it's going to be a problem, make sure that they, they have everything together, you know, check in on them without being kind of overly anxious about them um, or and refer them let them know that there are there are other options out there of people to talk to um, now humans aren't the only ones that are involved in in grief um, oftentimes we have other other pets in the household that um, can be see, showing the same signs that uh, that we see um, so what do you suggest for other pets in the household that they be grieving the loss of their uh, of their family member and I actually do get this question quite a bit, and um, it's it's really interesting because our pets do observe and everything that happens in the house. Anytime that there's a change, they're usually one of the first ones to you know recognize it. And um, the loss of having another pet in the house, or the loss of another pet in the household, can certainly um, be something that kind of you know can shake their world a little bit. And my greatest suggestion is to offer as much love as you can. Um, it may be hard during the grieving process, but it will also be beneficial to both you and your pet. Um, so if your pet likes to go for walks, you know, maybe take them for an extra walk or if they really like belly rubs or extra petting time, you know, spend your time doing that and making them feel comfortable. Um, you know, maybe a new toy or reviving an old toy or um, any positive distractions, um, even taking them to visit a special friend or anything like that um, really ha- does seem to be able to help them through this process. Yeah, that's a, those are all great suggestions. I will say that um, when it comes to the actual process of euthanasia, I do have quite a few p- clients come and ask, you know, is it better for my other pet to be there? Is it harder for my other pet to be there? Um, you know, just like with people, I think that's a very individual thing. I think if it feel makes you feel more comfortable to have your pet there, it's certainly something that I've seen done. Um, I would say that I have, um, when I was working in large animal, I did have a patient um, pass and the the horse that was in the paddock next door was was very distressed um so i think be cautious with it because um sometimes when death is unexpected for them um they can show signs of significant distress witnessing that so um i think it's something to talk to your veterinarian about just a question that i've had um very frequently and and i would say know your own personal pet and how they may respond um because some pets do better if they just don't know what's going on um and some pets uh seem to do a little bit better when they when they have more of an insight that 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 
their friend has has passed. Um, but uh, there's definitely multiple different reactions that I've seen with that. Um, the other thing that I'll add to that from a medical standpoint is, um, you know, sometimes making sure that you have good consistency after the loss. You know, try not to let uh, your schedule get too crazy um, or change too much, especially if you've been dealing with hospice care. Um, if you've been taking both pets out every couple of hours to go to the bathroom because the one pet has to and the other pet doesn't, don't necessarily go cold turkey to uh, immediately stop those walks. I would I would gradually decrease because, you know, for, for your other pet, um, even if they don't need those walks as frequently, that's a huge change to their daily activity um, and that can that can be very stressful for some of our animals um, if you're noticing um, significant changes in behavior or in um, bathroom habits or anything like that um, after the loss of a pet um, please contact your veterinarian about it because it may be related and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I've, I've seen, we've done an exam on a pet because another pet was lost and we kind of assumed it was a grieving process and it turned out not to be. So, um, you know, pay attention to your other pet. It's hard. Um, I know, but they need you just as much as you need them in, in these moments. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, just spending that extra time with them and, you know, making sure your veterinarian is involved in any changes that you see is absolutely key. All right. So we're going to be heading into another break. Uh, again, I'm here with our hospice manager, manager uh, Sally Van Ostrand, to talk about pet loss um, and hospice care and grieving. We'll be back momentarily. Hello, Syracuse. Dave Anthony here for Romano Chrysler Jeep. Leasing any other vehicle besides a Chrysler Jeep, Dodge, or Ram? You're going to love this news. Come take a whopping $6,500 off a brand new 2018 Jeep Compass Latitude 4x4 that stickers for $27,300. It's all yours for just $20,800 brand new. Prefer to lease that Latitude that can handle anything CNY winters throw our way? Lease that brand new Compass Latitude 4x4 with Bluetooth and outstanding gas mileage for only $139 a month. So Syracuse, get your new Jeep Compass Latitude for only $20,800. Lease it for only $139 a month. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year. 25 cents excess mileage fee. Must finance with Chrysler Capital. Conquest lease rebate applied. $5,500 down includes taxes and fees. Romano Chrysler Jeep Route 5 in Fayetteville. Shop 24-7 at RomanoCars.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Um, we've been with Lucky Land Slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talking today to uh, Sally Van Ostrand, who is our hospice manager um, at our hospital. She's been with us since 2004, um, and she's recently started this program uh, to kind of help help our clients and and people who are not our clients cope with pet loss, which is unfortunately something that almost everyone deals with. And I really do feel it's some an area that we need to offer more support in um, as we go forward with pets becoming more family than just just a pet um, in a cage. Uh, they are our family members. They are our children. Um, they are incredibly important to all of us. And so when it comes to the time where we have to say goodbye, because unfortunately, none of them live as long as we do, with the exception of a few uh, parrots out there, uh, we do end up having to say goodbye. And uh, it's it's something that everyone needs to know they're not alone in and that we need to, um, you know, ask for help if, if you need help. And so we're talking a little bit today about kind of what help we uh, we have been able to offer. Um, we just talked a little bit about just the basic uh, basics of grief and, and how to interact with people who are grieving, how to interact with yourself when you're grieving. Um, and then getting into, you know, what can you do to kind of ease that grief a lot of people look into um, memorializing their pets or other coping mechanisms so we thought we'd um, chat a little bit about that um, and and one one group that we didn't talk about in the last segment um, we talked about you know yourself we talked about your other pets kids there are always kids um, that are involved in these situations and and death can be very distressing or just a very informative thing for a child to deal with. So, um, Sally, how should families talk to their children about pet loss? 
So honesty is really going to be the best policy here. And um, this may be a really confusing time for some children, um, but being clear and honest has shown to be beneficial. So avoid saying things like their pet went to sleep or, you know, they're no longer with us. Um, these phrases can be confusing and often lead to some anxiety or even hope of the pet's return. Children benefit from being a support in a supportive environment where they can express their feelings and concerns without feeling judged. And they may have questions that can be easily answered by the parents or perhaps it may lead to referring back to your veterinary professional for some answers. And there are also wonderful books out there about pet loss for children. Um, there you can find them online or in some of the public libraries as well. Yeah, there. You know, I think that uh, one question that I get, you know, being the, a practitioner who who frequently has to perform euthanasia, is, you know, does the family want to be together or do they want to not have their children present? And I think that's very different for different families. And I would never presume to to tell a family how um, how to proceed with that situation. Um, I think it's a very personal decision. Um, that said, I've seen children in the exam room take everything very very well. Um, I know that. That when I lost my first childhood pet, um, I was there. Uh, it helped that I wanted to be a vet, so I, I kind of wanted to be involved in that. Um, I remember it being a very difficult situation, um, you know, realizing that my cat Tasha was passing. Uh, but it also set me up to be fairly realistic about things um, in the future because I knew exactly what happened. I knew why we had to make the decision. Um, you know, sometimes discussing with them what's going on with the pet that you know makes us have to um, say goodbye or you know if they pass at home kind of explaining what happened I, I know looking back on it as an adult I, I was able to kind of process that now there are some children that may not be able to process that as well and if those children have support groups you may want to uh, reach out to them and professionals that may be in, involved with your child to kind of see what their interpretation of the best thing um, is but as Sally said honesty I've found has always been the best policy don't try to sugarcoat it although you know you can be gentle with it um, but, but don't try to make it into something that it's not um, as, as funny as the went to the farm joke can be um, you know it, it really isn't something that a child should believe long term um, and I feel like it also helps with um, some of their anxiety if they know kind of a little bit about the process what to expect when they're getting there and you know moms and dads out there they might not know themselves so it's always a good idea you know if you can to give a call and just kind of talk about what am I, what are we going to expect what's going to happen in this process and it might even help it'll help the anxiety on the way there and it might also help with the understanding of what's actually happening and I would say that um, that's true for adults as well. Um, I try when I'm in this situation to really explain through everything that um, is involved in the process, the medications, um, what what the science is behind things, because I think it helps people to, to process that a little bit better. And some people try to wave me through it a little bit, but I insist on, on going through everything because I think long term it, it does it does really help. Um, so we talked a little bit before um, about our pet loss support group, which is kind of a recent addition, but a very successful one to what SEC Veterinary Hospital on Velasco Road has to offer. Um, it's uh, what what is it all about? Um, if somebody does want to attend, um, what what should they expect? Um, so the pet loss support group meetings are definitely something that I hold very, very dear to my heart. Um, so what to expect? It's a safe place for people to sit and discuss their varied feelings of loss with their peers. Um, as much as a community can offer support and we, we have come a long way in understanding the significance of pet loss, there really isn't a lot that compares to sharing our thoughts, feelings and perspectives um, when our fairy friends cross the Rainbow Bridge. So having the opportunity to have a group of people willing to listen to our pain and even if each person's pain is completely different from each other, which often that is the case, um, there is a level of healing um, that really does happen by just getting these feelings out and being able to sit across from the table with individuals that like the pain, you know, it's a different, you went through a different process, but that pain is real and you can see it in another person. It's just, it's been, it's been really a rewarding process. Um, and just seeing that there are people out there that are getting something from it has been extraordinary. So. Yeah. And, and again, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, obviously, um, we, we open this to our clients, but we also open this to other, other people in the community. Um, you do not have to be a stack veterinary hospital client, um, to be involved. If you are in need of a support group to talk to people who are in a similar situation, um, and, uh, you know, the, the different ways of coping, um, with our clients and, and with our, with, with the people who have come in, uh, have been really, really interesting, but it's, it's been very cathartic, I think, for a 
lot of these people to to get over. I mean, not all of the re- losses have been recent, have they? They've been they've been coming from lots of places. Yes, definitely. Um, very big variance in time. Um, we have you know people that's been a couple of years. We'll have people that you know this just happened to them yesterday. Um, you know, people who come once or twice and feel like, wow, that really did a lot for me. Thank you so much. Or people who are there, you know, religiously every week and that are still benefiting from or every month, excuse me, but are still benefiting from the process of sitting, you know, sitting with their peers and listening to everybody's different experiences. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been really excited about uh, our progress with with this process and 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 setting this up and and being available for people but it's it's made it's made my job um a lot more fulfilling and it, it's made it a lot it's not, it's not the word i'm looking for isn't easier i think it's it's more that it gives me more to offer to people that i've wanted to offer more to so i really thank you for setting this up um for them um, you know, but there are there are definitely some of our clients and, and other people that we know who aren't ready to talk about their loss. What do you say to people who, you know, they're like, oh, I think that sounds like a lot to me. I'm not really sure that I want to go for a pet loss support group. What what can they do? So I we have um, encountered this quite a bit. And one of the great things about this type of group is no one is required to speak or share. And everybody is very respectful of that. And, you know, grief is a journey. And wherever we are in that journey should be respected. Um, I have also had several people attend. And even if they couldn't say a word, they also did feel better after the meeting. I've also had people attend via the telephone, you know, kind of put them on speakerphone and they can listen and, you know, maybe introduce themselves a little bit. Um, but if they're not ready to talk, you know, sometimes just sitting there and listening does help. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of knowing that other people are, are have been in your situation um, and listening to how other people may be dealing with things, um, hopefully in a in a healthy way and, and getting some ideas from them. Um, I think that the even just sitting and listening to it, it certainly has been helpful, you know, just talking to you about it afterwards. It's been helpful for me um, to know, you know, that people are, are what kind of thoughts people are having. Um, so uh, I think that it's a really great opportunity. Again, um, we have them once a month. If you need uh, more. It's at our office on Velasco Road um, downstairs. Very private. It's after hours. Um, there's nobody bustling around. Um, you don't come in contact with anybody who's really not involved in in the program. Uh, and if you want more information about it, please call us at our hospital 315-478-3161 and we can get you more information. Um, and if you do choose to attend, you will be speaking directly to Sally, who I've been uh, talking to this morning. Um <laughs> Now, for the other people, okay, you know, they don't really want to attend a group, um, but they want to do something. They want, you know, to have some way of um, having their pet uh, stay with them and make sure that their pet knows that they uh, were important to them. Uh, What recommendations do you have for, like, memorializing pets? So I would say if you can, try to get an understanding of what your options are going to be when your pet passes beforehand. So are you going to need you know, cremation services. Um, do you want to have, you know, do you want a special urn? Or are you going to take the urn that's provided to, for you? Do you want a clay paw print impression, which most veterinary hospitals do offer? Um, did you want like a tuft of hair or something like that? Um, just good things to think about beforehand. If you, you know, if you are somebody who does know that that is coming, um, I've seen several people like after their pets passing plant a tree or a special plant in their honor. Um, there's also all sorts of different types of jewelry that can either have like, um, you know, a, a picture put on it or like the paw print impression on the actual piece of jewelry or the pet's hair woven into it. Um, I know that there has been several people who have found, you know, comfort in having a memorial service or a funeral for their pet or even just a, you know, a great big party where, Everybody can kind of get together and you might have some pictures out of your pet and kind of talk about, you know, those special memories that you have. Um, I've also seen people have a star named after their pet, which I thought was particularly beautiful. Um, journaling memories or, you know, writing poetry. I've also seen a lot of beautiful portraits done afterwards and they all contributed to the healing process. Absolutely. And if you're ever on the fence about, you know, sending your veterinarian a picture of your pet, I will, I will tell you that we memorialize the pets. Um, I have multiple pets on my desk, um, of, you know, grief and loss that we've dealt with together. And, um, it's absolutely wonderful when our clients reach out and, you know, realize that we are emotionally invested in your pet as well. And so if you would like to send a picture of your pet to your vet, I know that they would appreciate it. Um, all of us at SAC have different pets that have held a lot of meaning that are not our 
our own, um, and they are all over our desks um, at home. So um, we will, you know, on that thought, uh, keep. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Um, we have just another commercial break. Um, we'll talk a little bit more um, about pet loss um, with Paw Talk at Stack Vet Hospital. Was your last trip to the groomer a catastrophe? Did you have to wait a doggone long time to get in? Stack's Parlor is a new and innovative grooming salon at Stack Veterinary Hospital. If your furry family member needs a day of pampering from a breed-style cut and blowout to deep shampoo massage or mud bath, call 315-478-3161 for your appointment. Lacey and Nicole will make your puppy perfect. And Shayna will make your kitty cuddly at Stack's Parlor. Hello, Syracuse. Dave Anthony here for Romano Chrysler Jeep. Driving any other vehicle besides a Jeep? Upgrade to a Jeep and save big during the Black Friday sales event going on all month long. Lease a brand new 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo for just $199 a month. $199 a month. Prefer to buy? Take seven grand off that Laredo with all the power gear and backup camera that stickers for $36.6. It's just $29.6. In fact, Take seven grand off any 2018 Grand Cherokee in stock. Laredo's Limiteds and Altitudes. Lease your Grand Cherokee Laredo for just $199 a month. Or take seven grand off and buy it for only $29.6. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year, 25 cents excess mileage fee. Must finance with Chrysler Capital. With Conquest Lease and Conquest Bonus Vehicle. $29.95 down plus taxes and fees. And first payment. Romano Chrysler Jeep Route 5 in Fayette. I'm Amy Arrett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. It's very meaningful to me when I hear customers talk about how Madison Reed at-home hair color has changed their lives. Here's Vicki, one of our very first customers. Coloring my own hair is easier than I ever imagined. The best part? I no longer have to sit in a salon and pay over $100 to have this done. Now I color it when it's convenient for me, and it takes less than an hour. People compliment me on how great my color is. And my hair is incredibly soft and healthy looking. Experience beautiful, multi-dimensional, ammonia-free, salon-quality color for under $25. Join the hundreds of thousands of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code TRUST. That's code TRUST. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 570 WSYR. Everyone, welcome back to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. Again, we have a special program today. I've been talking to Sally Van Ostrand, who is our hospice uh, manager at Stack Veterinary Hospital. Uh, she's been running our pet loss support group, which is open to anyone who wants to join. If you want more information about that, 315-478-3161 um, usually runs every month um, where people are able to discuss um, recent or past losses and um, help each other kind of get through the process of grieving over a pet, which is a, a an integral part of our society these days. It's, it's really something that I'm glad is getting more notice. Um, you know, the, as a pet owner um, and as a veterinarian, um, I've dealt with a lot of losses. Um, I, you know, I, we have to deal with euthanasias very frequently. As I said earlier in the program, when a euthanasia is warranted, which is almost every single time someone has come in for euthanasia, um, it is not as distressing a process for me um, as many lay people would would think it is because it is a natural, you know, in my opinion, it is a natural progression in in pain management in 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 pain relief uh, to be able to offer a peaceful ending with dignity to to pets who are obviously well-loved because if they weren't well-loved, they wouldn't be there. Um, so that's not the hardest part, but it is certainly uh, definitely uh, difficult for us uh, dealing with the grief of the pet owners um, and, you know, knowing that there is some pain that we we can't cover, um, at least through the traditional methods um, and knowing that our owners are then going home and, and feeling that pain um, as caregivers, that is very stressful to us. That is very hard for us. Um, so it's been wonderful being finally able to offer something uh, to to help alleviate that pain um, for at least some individuals if, if they desire it. 
it um, and having Sally on board as a as an interface both for us and and for our clients um, you know I think that we've touched mostly on this time uh, that nobody is alone and I thought you know sharing some of our personal experiences with pet loss uh, just to prove the point that even veterinary professionals you know we're we do this we're in this um, and honestly we are insane when it comes to our own pets because we think about all of the the terrible things that that they could be so even when they cough once um, we're convinced that we're about to head into palliative care um, you know for for me personally um, my my biggest dealing with this type of situation was was my cat Riley. Um, I talk about him a lot when I'm talking to my clients about quality of life um, and palliative care and when when we're getting to that time because I felt that he was a very good example of the traditional disease that we can't cure, that we can keep him on medications for that make him comfortable um, and that need to change our lifestyle a little bit to accommodate and, and when is it time to you know make that decision? Um, so Riley was uh, diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy when he was two years old on a routine vet visit when I was in vet school, um, and I was lucky enough to have a cardiologist at hand who um, was able to diagnose him. Uh, and we went through all of vet school together um, and my first job um, together, uh, and then we moved to Syracuse. And I noticed one day that he was starting to breathe a lot harder than he previously had and he hadn't stopped eating he hadn't done anything weird but because I'm a veterinarian I was panicked about it and and rightly so um, long and short of it is, is that we ended up at uh, the VMC on Bridge Street twice um, where they took wonderful care of him that I was not able to offer he was in oxygen cages and had um, advanced diagnostics done um, and uh, you know it, it, that definitely as any of you have experienced going for emergency care um, even even if it's at your own general practice, uh, emergency care is not inexpensive. Um, and I had to make financial decisions um, with him. I remember telling them that I could not afford to put him on a respirator. So if he needed a respirator, I had to say no, um, which as a veterinary professional, knowing that, oh, well, a respirator, he could come out of it and having to make that decision because my care credit was maxed out. Um, that's hard. And I don't I don't judge anyone who ever has to make that decision because I've had to make that decision for myself. Um, I went through lengths that a lot of people wouldn't be able to go through. So I feel very lucky that I had the, the financial cushion for that. Um, but in the end, he was put on four different medications. Um, and after that first hospital visit, we had about a month and a half together before his second hospital visit and before things finally went downhill. Um, and I don't know, Sally, if you go through any of this, I'm sure you do. Um, when it comes to quality of life, my, my main thing is to make sure that people um, acknowledge what their pet's favorite things are um, and what makes their pet's life happy. Um, for Riley, he liked to eat. He liked to eat. And he liked to eat. And then he liked to go outside and chew on grass. And then he liked to come inside and, and eat more. Um, and I, you know, I ended up making the decision for him when his appetite started to decrease. I think that I probably could have made his decision a little sooner. I might have been a little happier with it. But, um, you know, the time consuming trying to get pills into a cat twice a day who doesn't want to eat his pill pockets well, who doesn't want to eat well, uh, that is all, you know, emotionally draining. And I was very lucky that I. I have a wonderful support group at StackVet Hospital of professionals, of assistants, technicians that came to my house um, to to do things that I wasn't able to bring him into work to do because every time I brought him into work, he would freak out and go into cardiac failure again. Um, that was very helpful of him. Um, and so I was very lucky to have that kind of support. And I realized that a lot of our um, our clients don't have that kind of support. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on your personal experiences with pet loss as well. Yeah, so um, very recently I have, um, you know, suffered a pretty significant loss. Um, one of my pets, who's actually a horse, um, his name was Candyman. He passed away a few weeks ago. Um, I had him in my life for 27 years. Um, as one of my coworkers um, lovingly put it, he was my first love. And we went through a lot together. We traveled together. Um, we we knew each other very well. And um, he, as he was getting older, he he passed at 31 years old. And as he was getting older, we noticed that he was having a lot of problems with arthritis in his right hip. Um, thankfully, you know, with the, the large animal vet that we use, um, we were really able to help keep him comfortable for quite a long time. And he had suffered a stroke about five years ago where it left the right side of his face completely paralyzed. Um, so, 
you know, special palliative care in that case as far as, you know, making sure that his eye that doesn't really blink that well was like lubed and, you know, you're not letting flies or things like that get into it. Like, you know, horses are prone to having, um, and in the wintertime, because part of his mouth would hang open, you know, we were out there like making sure that he wasn't getting frostbite or, you know, things like that. Um, and just he was on a special diet. He just he re- did require a lot of hospice um, and palliative care, really. He um, and then just recently we had the episode with him um, and he actually um, was having like respiratory distress Um which with a, you know, a thousand pound animal, I was just um, beside myself because I can't just, you know, take him somewhere. I couldn't, you know, so I'm waiting for the vet. And um, thankfully, I had known that this was going to be coming. Um, and I had talked to, you know, some pretty fantastic friends and said that I'm going, uh, you know, when this does happen, I'm probably going to need you there because I know my own needs when I'm going through something like that. I'm one of those people that likes to have somebody, you know, close to me there. Um and my husband and my mother are both both amazing. I have been very, very involved and love this horse very much. Um, and they were absolutely amazing and, you know, did kind of let me, um, you know, step back and realize what I was going through. And, you know, having my friends there was very beneficial. Um, and still the process, I mean, the process is is still happening and I'm, you know, still grieving his loss. And, you know, every time you walk into the barn, I kind of I do kind of think of, you know, well, I always think about him and um, I'm just I'm grateful for the time that I did have with him. And I'm also grateful for the pet loss support group because they've really helped me through this time as well. And they've just been, you know, they listen to me and they've they've really, really been a comfort. I think that's that's the hardest part is walking into a room and thinking they're going to be there and then they're not or walking into a barn. Um, I know um, a joke people often make when I offer them you talking about memorializing your pet and having a a sample of hair. They're always like, oh, there's so much hair everywhere in the house. It's going to be around forever. Man, vacuuming was so hard after that experience because I just I was like, I just kind of want to leave the hair because then it'll just be there. But I'm pretty sure my family would not have appreciated that. Um, so, you know, so those are just two examples and, and everyone has one of these examples. Um, so, you know, with any closing thoughts with, with pet loss and, and with what we've been talking about today? I mean, just really cherishing, you know, the moments that you have or the moments that you had and considering your own well-being is really, really important. And, you know, um, like we said before, we can't pour from an empty cup. So making sure that we're being taken care of during these times when we're trying to take care of them is also just so, so important. Um, using resources that are available to you, whether it's a pet loss support group meeting or even going to the library and finding books that might kind of help you cope through the process. Um, just really doing what works for you and, you know, just being as vigilant as you can about what you're feeling and how you can help yourself through the process or even if you can't help yourself at all and you need to find somebody that can um, just going those routes. And knowing that there are people out there that can help you with that process. So um, please don't hesitate to reach out to your veterinarian. We are their doctor, but we are also your friend. Um, and if you are, um, uh, you know, at Stock Veterinary Hospital or if you would like to be or if you um, are a client elsewhere and want to be involved in our pet loss support group, please don't hesitate to call us 315-478-3161. Um, and we can get you more information about um, working with Sally. But thank you so much, Sally, for, for coming in today. Um, you know, again, I knew this was going to be a difficult topic to talk about, um, and uh, but I think it's such an important one, and I, I hope our, our listeners found it just as, as valuable. Um, we will be back in with another live show uh, next week where we answer your more traditional questions and concerns. Um, certainly, if you ever have questions or concerns about um, quality of life, I mean, we're happy to talk about those kinds of things, too. So um, if, if that's a modality that you want to use, please don't hesitate to call us. But uh, until then, this is been Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. The proceeding has been a paid program sponsored by the veterinarians at Stack Veterinary Hospital on News Radio 570 WSYR. Now on 1069 FM. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.